What's up, everybody? This is Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Endurance and Mastery. And today, what we are doing is I'm giving you the recap from day three of Ultraman Florida. This is when I ran the double marathon, 52.4 miles after doing 6.2 mile swim and a 90 mile bike on day one, and then a 170 mile bike on day two. This was the one that I was the most confident in, but honestly, looking back on it, it might have been one of the biggest struggles. So if you want to hear the recap, I'm going to roll the trailer and then we're going to get into it. Do you want to complete an endurance event and elevate all areas of your life, but you don't know where to start? Then you're in the right place. Talking Endurance and Mastery is a podcast to help you create a vision and take steps towards your goals and dreams. I'm your coach, Mario Minner. I've completed events like Ironmans and ultra marathons. But I believe the true benefit from endurance events is how they help you become the best version of yourself. Join me as I share stories, lessons, and interview guests to help you apply endurance and mastery principles into every area of your life. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back. So, what we're going to get into today is my day three double marathon in Ultraman, Florida. And so I had coming into it, I had been most confident about the run because I've done 50K, 50 mile and 100 mile ultras. And I just knew that I would be able to run or walk and finish this race. And so leading up to it, the morning before the race, I felt pretty good, woke up, had my coffee, had my oatmeal, did a little gratitude journal, headed to the race, and I felt pretty good about the day. I knew it was going to be hard, but I knew that I would be able to do it no matter what, and I was just so close to being able to complete this race and kind of earn that title of Ultraman. And so from the beginning, my plan was to break this down and run eight minutes and then walk two minutes from the very beginning. And this is something that I did in my 100 mile ultra, but I feel like I did it way too late in the process and I missed some time because of it. So I learned from that mistake and I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do from the very beginning. So we get up at the race actually started at 6 a.m. for the run rather than 7 a.m. for the previous day. We get there, 6 a.m., the uh, race starts, and off we went. And right out of the get-go, there's around 34 people, and a lot of people just take off. And I'm just knowing that, all right, I'm going to do the 8-2 strategy. I'm going to try and run 8 miles at like a 10 uh, to 11-minute mile pace, very easy, and then walk 2 minutes at around 16 uh, minute per mile pace. And if I did that, I would be able to finish comfortably in the definitely within the 12 hour period. And so eight minutes into it, I'm jogging, I'm cruising along and eight minutes comes up and I decide to walk. And at this point, I've got even just a few people behind me and it felt like those people jogged ahead of me. And it was one of those like worrying feelings where I was like afraid that I was going to be in last place but I knew that this was a long-term strategy. And again, I just needed to trust the strategy. And so took it very easy the first few miles, but I could just tell that it was going to be a long day because I was very depleted just in terms of my calories. I 
burned so many calories on day one and day two. I wasn't able to eat very much. And so I just felt like a little bit off and I felt like fatigued. Um, but I was able to just kind of slowly crank out these first few uh, miles. And even with just some of those people passing me, I just needed to like trust myself and know that I could get into it. So just kind of took it easy the first, you know, five miles, 10 miles, 15 miles, sticking to my strategy, sticking to nutrition that was working for me, Gatorade Endurance and uh, gels and fig bars. And I felt pretty good from that aspect of being able to consume nutrition. Uh, one of the things I was looking forward to was getting my first pacer, which is Emily at around mile 16. Uh, we got, uh, got to mile 16. She joined me, put on some sunscreen, had some Gatorade and off we went and we ended up doing around three miles together. Uh, Emily is a total badass for doing those miles because she didn't do a lot of training and she hates running, but she uh, just wanted to support me and wanted to be a part of it. And so I love her for that. So we did those first few miles, kind of just taking it easy, talking to a few of the other runners and um, after that, I kind of was walking and one of the other crew, uh, the other crew for another athlete saw that I was walking like really early in the race and they got concerned. They were like, hey, like, do you need a, do you need a pacer? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. Like, they're like, hey, like we've got a bunch of other, uh, other runners, like we can help you run. I'm like, no, it's okay. And they really just didn't listen to me. They were concerned. So they decided to run with me, which I think is actually really cool. And it's one of those core values of Ultraman, which is Kokua, which means help. And it's like, everybody is so willing to help. And so I ran with one of the other runners. His name was Greg, uh, did a couple of miles with him. He's a complete stranger, but a super cool guy. And it was just one of those examples of how this isn't really a race between one athlete and another athlete. This is really like one big family trying to accomplish this goal together. So I thought that was kind of a cool experience getting a pacer from another athlete and having him try and help me. Um, and so that happened around uh, mile 20. And at, after that, I kind of started to slow down a little bit. I was around 20 miles into the 52.4. And uh, my original plan was to have my brother start to pace me around mile 30. Because I was started to slow down a little bit, uh, we made an adjustment and had my brother start to run with me at mile 23. And so this course had a couple thousand, I think it was around 2000 or maybe more feet of elevation gain, which again is a lot more than I've ever done in races. I think I've done one other race with more elevation. It was my 50K that I did like three years ago, but running in Florida, running in Iowa, there isn't really a lot of elevation. And so uh, all the hills, I decided to walk up the hills and even adjust my run walk strategy with those. But around mile 25, 26, there were a few hills that were just absolutely brutal. And so at this point was really just trying to focus on the present moment, trying to like push through as much as I possibly could. And I, the next like milestone that I had set for myself was I was going to change my shoes at mile 30. And so mile 23, mile 24, mile 25, mile 26 were a grind. Uh, they were brutal. My brother was there with me. We were climbing up some of these hills. 
and he was there for support. He was there for encouragement and he is like the perfect coach for me in that situation because I was so tired. I was so depleted and I had another marathon to go. So I got up those hills, get to mile 30, take a quick little break. I sat in the back of the car. I was honestly not able to bend over and untie my shoes. So Emily was there uh, taking my shoes off, uh, taking my socks off, putting a fresh uh, layer of salty britches, which is anti-chafing ointment that I put on my toes, lathered up my toes, changed up my socks, got a new pair of shoes for the second half of the race. And this was honestly a struggle for me. Miles, I would say 30 to 36. I was running mostly by myself. These were some of my slowest miles. And it was the part where it started to get really, really hard. Um, it's one of those situations where you just need to move forward as much as you possibly can. Relentless forward progress was all I was telling myself. Just like forward, just take one step. And it was kind of at that point where I decided to switch from running eight minutes um, and then a two minute run walk strategy that I decided to run four minutes and walk one minute. So I shortened my frequency. So instead of thinking about running eight minutes, I started focusing on just running four minutes and that became a lot more manageable for me. Um, but it was hard. It was exhausting. I wanted it to be over. Um, so the miles, I think it was mile 30 to 36 were a total struggle. And it got to a point where, uh, my brother realized he needed to step in and help pace me. So I think that he joined me around mile, maybe 37 or 38, but this is when I was probably at my lowest low and I wasn't feeling great. I was tired. I was exhausted. And my brother had offered to take my running vest earlier in the race. And I was like, no, I got it. I'm fine. But at that moment, I decided I'm going to give him my vest. So I gave him my vest. And it's a subtle thing. But in a race like that, I felt like I was able to just breathe a little bit more. I, did, I, didn't, I felt like I didn't need to carry the pack. So that was one change that I made. Another change that I made, instead of me deciding when we were going to run and walk and keeping track of the intervals, I had my brother do it. And this was a huge benefit for me because it was, it's kind of mentally taxing to look down at your watch and pay attention to the intervals. And it's also easy for me to kind of back out when I get to decide when I run or walk. And what I did is I delegated that decision to my brother. And so what he did from basically miles 37 or 38 to the finish line is he would tell me when to run and he would tell me when to walk. And so what we did is he would say, all right, four minutes starting in five, four, three, two, one, go. And I would run. And at about two minutes, he would say, hey, two minutes in, here we go. Let's keep going. And I was, all I was doing was just focusing on my breath. I was just focusing on my step, focusing on my breath. One minute in, he would give me a countdown. It's like, hey, we got one minute left. And then I think it was around 10 seconds, he would do a countdown. So he would tell me four minutes, tell me two minutes, one minute and 10 seconds. And at this point, I was so tired. I was so down. I wasn't even really responding. I was just listening to him. And he was just telling me what to do at every point in time. 
And we knocked out those last like 12 miles. And I was, there was very little communication coming from my part, but my brother was there and he was so supportive. He was so encouraging. He was just coaching me and cheering me on. There was one moment where he was coaching me. He, he wanted to include my parents. So he FaceTimed my parents and my mom was there and she was trying to cheer me on. And I wasn't, I didn't really have enough energy to, to really react, but my brother was coaching me. My brother ended up getting my mom to get on the treadmill and she was doing a four, one minute uh, strategy, just like I was. And my brother would count down the four minutes for me to run, count down the four minutes for my mom to run and then walk. And it was just so cool to see my brother absolutely crushing it, being this coach, uh, being in his element. And it was something that I will remember for the rest of my life because he was the perfect coach and the perfect person that I needed in the most challenging situation that I had faced. And I was just so tired. I was so done. But slowly we kept chipping away at those miles. We got to 40 and 45 and around 49, I ended up getting to see my girls, Ellie and Ruby. And so that was a nice little uh, boost. We got to, I tried to give my daughter a hug, but she didn't want to hold me because I was sweaty. Uh, and so uh, got to see the girls mile 49 and really just gutted it out to the finish line. And as I was maybe um, 30 seconds away from the finish line, I met up with my brother, with my wife, Emily, and our two girls, Ellie and Ruby, and we just kind of walked together uh, to the finish line. And that was when it really all hit me, everything that I had put into it, everything that I had accomplished, and all of the people who had helped me get there, from my wife, all of her, all of the, the times that she allowed me to train and helped me do open water swimming and watch the girls to my brother from flying out there helping crew the entire weekend. Uh, it was, it was emotional and it was like one of the, one of my, my favorite moments from the entire weekend is being able to cross the finish line, become an Ultraman and finish that race as a crew. Uh, there are some amazing pictures that we got at the finish line, kind of crossing, crying, cheering, celebrating all of the things. But uh, the thing that really stands out to me about that day was number one, trusting my strategy. I decided to run walk from the very beginning. A lot of people had passed me at the beginning, but I was able to maintain a pretty consistent pace throughout the entire day because of that strategy. Um, and then number two is just how helpful it was to have my brother there and to have him be the person who was making the decision of rent when to walk and when to run and just this power of delegating that decision and putting all of that together like that was what made the finish line so uh enjoyable and so like memorable and just it was the best feeling in the world uh to cross that finish line so we stayed at the finish line to kind of cheer on a few other athletes that we headed back for the post-race meal ended up getting Culver's, got a massive burger, a fries, shake, all of the things. And it was an amazing experience. So 
I tried to kind of break it down and give you a feel for what was going through my mind and what was it like during the 52.4 miles. But if there is something that I missed or if there's anything that you're curious about that I didn't cover, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram or send me an email and let me know what it was like. So Ultraman Florida, day three, it was hard, it was tough, but it was an extremely uh, memorable day and on a day that I wouldn't really have been able to accomplish without the support of my brother and my wife and everybody who had been supporting me. So thank you for following along. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'll talk to y'all later.